Psalm 34, one of my favorite psalms. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, I'm trying to find it here, shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him. There I found it. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Hallelujah. It's something about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. There's something about the, the hunger in your heart, the desire in your heart, the cry of your heart to God. When you cry out to God and you move towards God, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Who can come to God unless he first believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him? The children can line up to be dismissed. I didn't finish. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, you children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. All right, all right, this is the fear of the Lord. I'm going to teach you about the fear of the Lord. He said, come, children. Like, you have children. Like, come over here, kids, and listen and pay attention. Okay, make sure you do that in class. I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires, there's that word again, hunger, thirst, desires life and loves many days that he may see good. What man is that? What woman is that? What person is that that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Listen to this direction. Keep your tongue from evil <laughs> and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Do you know the words of our mouth, what we let come out of our mouth, they actually affect and they can be evil or they can be good. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. There is he that speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings health. You know, you can be, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, for a period of time, I wanted to be a doctor. Now, anybody that knows me well knows that that is not a good idea. <laughs> and that is because um, in the natural uh, blood tends to make me a little bit queasy. And so if anything happens with my children, it's a little embarrassing as a husband to say this and a father, but I'll be like, Melody. I'm like, got my faith on. I'll, I'll make it till I get to my wife. <laughs> Don't think about the blood. Don't think about the blood. You know, I like to think about the blood all the time, but the blood of Jesus. 
Not the, not the other kind of blood. Life and death, you affect your life through the words that you speak. The words that you speak are powerful. And here's the thing. It's the believing words that you speak that make a difference in your life. And that's not just the words that I believe are God's words, but it's the words even of my own words, my own mouth, my own thoughts, my own reasonings, the way I got it figured out. And I believe those things and say those, you'll watch those things come to pass. You watch someone that is bound by poverty and they think poor and the decisions that they make are poor decisions. I don't mean they're bad decisions. I mean they are poor thinking decisions. They're, they're, uh, it's a decision made out of consciousness of lack. Well, think about that right there. If, you don't ha- if, you, if you're very poor, you're going to say, if, you don't, if your mind has not been changed by God's words, you're going to say, I don't have money to give. Those thoughts are going to come. Reasonings are going to come. And the devil will side it right in with those reasonings. Why? Because if he can get you not to sow, he can rule your life financially. If he can get you to believe that you came from nothing, you have nothing, and you're never going to have anything. You know, sometimes um, someone that doesn't have a lot of finance uh, and they think that way and they believe that way and they talk that way and then they'll pray, but they're not really praying in faith. They're not praying believing like Jesus taught us to pray. They're just praying because they, they're like, Lord, some way, somehow, help me, some way, somehow. Like, they're hoping. And that's a good place to start, but add, uh, change it to faith, you know. Take the, take the desire, the hope that you have and get the word on it and find out what God promised, and then you stand on that, and that gives your hope, which was just a dream before, that gives it substance. That, gives a, that means that that car that you're believing for actually becomes something you can drive. That's called substance. In other words, how do you know if you're in faith and your faith is working? Uh, because you get results. Because it shows up. So, uh, the thing is, you get that mentality, and I'm just using this for an example. You can get this mentality in any area of your life, but you get that poor mentality, and you think poor, and then you pray, even like we said last week, that lady that uh, Kenyon had prayed for, you know, he prayed for her healing, and she actually, healing manifests immediately in her body, but she's like, oh yeah, I guess I, I guess I did get it. You know what? She lost it, because it was really on his faith. She didn't have any solid ground. She had a whine in her voice. She didn't really believe that. So anyhow, so you're poor. You don't have anything. You think poor, and then you're like, someone, someone offers you a great job with a great salary, but your stinking thinking and believing and speaking has put bars around your life so that you can't even receive that job. Do you know why? Because you say stuff like, I'm not smart enough for that. I don't have enough experience for that. I don't qualify for that. Why? Because you have boxed yourself in to this poor world with your poor words. Well, same thing is true concerning healing, health in your body, your natural body. You can box yourself in with your words, and you are boxing yourself in, or you're freeing yourself by the words that you're speaking, whether you're conscious that you're doing it or not. 
Your words have tremendous power. Tremendous power. Might as well finish the rest of the chapter and then I'll go to the other part. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. It reminds me of James chapter five. If you could just be a righteous man and pray. I remember sitting in the Baptist church and thinking if I could just ever get to be righteous. Like look at this. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, dynamic and it's working. And I was sitting, I sat there in that Sunday school class and I thought, oh Lord, I want my prayers to work. I was brought up to pray with my grandparents early in the mornings. I'd go spend their night at their house and we'd pray early in the morning. And so I was brought up in the, in the, uh, the, the practice of prayer. Thank you. Uh, and so I, I saw if I could just get to be righteous. I mean, I, I remember sitting, sitting there in the class. I remember thinking, oh, if I could ever attain righteousness, do you know what kind of answers to prayer I would get? But you know what? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, and I love that behold because it means stop, look, gaze, take it in. Look for a minute. All things have become new. And then skip down to verse 21. That we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I remember when I saw that, I thought, what? What? That means when I pray, it can work. That means it's like a dynamic prayer, full of power, and it's effective. But you know what? You can be a righteous person, and you can know that mentally, not know it in your heart. It won't make much difference. In other words, our life is a life of faith, and faith is of the heart and is not of the head. You do not connect with God by your reasoning abilities. Now, sometimes God will open up knowledge to you and enhance your reasoning abilities. But that is not how you come to God. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him, John chapter 4, in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. The Father is looking, seeking, trying to find someone that's going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, you know what? Worship just means very simply, uh, uh, the best definition I have heard, uh, been taught, and listened, and, and I, it bears with my spirit, is it's like to draw near as to kiss. Well, they that would draw near to God must do it in spirit and in truth. So you're not gonna draw near to God by just thinking and you're like reasoning things out and well, I guess if Jesus really lived then so and so and this and this and this and this. However, I will say, if you're an honest thinking person and you're not hardened in your heart and you begin to search out the scriptures of the word of God and you're open, the Holy Ghost will talk to you. And he will, because what? He convicts the world of sin because they believe not on me. And so, so the word of God is the answer to every problem and every situation and every desire that you have. But the way that you receive the word of God is by the Spirit. 
because the word of God was actually the author of the word of God, the word tells us, is the spirit of God. Holy men of old wrote and spake as they were moved by the spirit of God. So he's the author. So who, we're going to get somebody else to interpret. We're going to get the spirit of God to interpret the word of God. No, in other words, bring it to us, make it real to us. Because I can think on the word of God all I want, but if I don't have revelation, in other words, if I don't have light from God, if God doesn't open it to me, it's just a, a book of, of great writings from uh, people of old. But it's more than that. We receive it as it truly is, the very words of God. And when you receive the word that way, then it'll have that type of effect on your life. But if you think, well, this is just something, something else, well, it'll just be uh, no more powerful to you than some great theologian or a great uh, religious mind or a great uh, psychological mind, like somebody just wrote, wrote all this. You, you understand? Like, because why? God's a spirit. So you're receiving from your spirit. I mean, the first, the first indication, primary indication, I should say, that you are born again is Romans chapter eight. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. So you have the second that you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, Jesus by the person of the Holy Spirit. And bears witness that with your own spirit that you are a child of God. Say, yep. Not like an audible voice. It's like bear witness. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah, like that. In other words, you're reading the word and your, your heart is open to the Lord. And as you read, so it'd be like your attention was drawn to something. And you'd be like, what? And then it comes alive to you. It has life. And that's not always on the same verse. I mean, that, and, okay, praise the Lord. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near unto them that are of a broken heart, and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I'm so glad the second part of this verse is in there. But the Lord delivers him out of a few of them. I mean, does it say that? No, out of them all. He keeps all of his bones. Not one is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. James chapter 3, uh, verse 1. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Ooh, I'd have to read that verse. Many, for in many things we offend all. Ooh. If any man offend not in word... The same is perfect or mature uh, man and able to bridle the whole body. Bridle is like to curb, to hold in check, to direct. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths and they, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also ships, which, 
Though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, wheresoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. You ever, not your own self, but you ever heard someone's tongue boast great things? O oh, vain man. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Uh, so is the tongue among the members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and birds and serpents and things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith we bless God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude or the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed both blessing and cursing. One of my uh, most cherished verses in the Bible, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. <laughs> I don't know why, I just like how King James says it. These things ought not so to be. Blessing and cursing coming out of the same uh, mouth. Like, you can't have, uh, he goes on to say, uh, bitter water and sweet water coming out of the same fountain or the same spring. It's either going to be one or the other. And then let's turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. Verse 6, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks like this, or on this wise. Say not in your heart, who shall ascend to heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend to the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what says it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. Remember we talked about faith uh, being the Greek word pistis and that it is like uh, an obedience, a trusting, uh, a believing and um, God, but it contains a complete surrender of yourself in order to believe God. In other words, I'm completely giving up my own thoughts about the matter, my own uh, great um, knowledge about the matter that I think is great knowledge, and I'm turning to the Lord Jesus Christ and what he has to say. I'm turning to the word and what he has to say. And um, that's called believing God. That's called faith, pistis. But faith actually contains um, an element of the now. In other words, in order for faith to be faith, it has to be now. Faith is not, this is what I used to believe, or this is what I'm hoping to believe, but faith is what I believe right here, right now. And Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, or so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God, or the rhema of God is the word that is spoken to you by God at that moment. In other words, it's the quickening power of the Spirit of God. It's the revealing power of the Spirit of God. It is when I'm seeking God and I'm praying to God, something that he makes real to me is like a, is like a rhema. So faith comes by those. In other words, Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty two, 22, have faith in God. So don't have faith in yourself. Don't have faith in your professor. Don't have faith in your parents. 
Man, if you don't even leave your mother, father, sister, brother, if you don't uh, leave all that, you can't even come to Jesus. That doesn't mean you have to physically leave, but again, faith is matters of the heart. Some people say, well, I'm not going to leave that church because my family's been going there for 50 years. Well, my family went there probably for longer than 50 years. It's a matter of, of, of following the Lord. So uh, faith comes by hearing, but how does hearing come? Hearing comes by the rhema of God. Hearing comes by God speaking to you. And God doesn't always speak to you. In fact, most of the time, he doesn't speak to you like if you could hear me say a sentence, not that clearly, like I said earlier, uh, the inward witness. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. You love that verse in Proverbs 2027? I love that verse. Like searching all the inward parts of the belly. Because why? Well, that's your innermost being. In other words, God's going to deal with you deep inside of who you really are. And that's primarily where he's going to, that is where you're going to hear him speak to you, unless it's through some supernatural manifestation like tongue interpretation, prophecy, some of these other vocal things that you could hear, someone anointed of the Spirit of God or yourself anointed of the Spirit of God. But he's going to speak to you. He's going to enlighten you. Psalm 18 says, you will enlighten my darkness. The Lord has lit my candle. So the Lord is the great giver of light, and light drives out darkness, and light brings understanding. So faith, uh, one translation actually says, faith is awakened by hearing the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I'm not going to have time to go into the hearing, but I'll just say this much. Uh, hearing doesn't just mean because you heard something and it, it went through your, people laugh at this, but anyhow, it vibrates your eardrum. That's how the signals go to your brain. So you actually hear something. That's how you actually hear stuff. He's not talking just about natural hearing. Of course, you have to naturally hear. But where are you hearing? Be careful how you hear and what you hear, Jesus said. In other words, don't just hear with these ears. Hear with the ears of your spirit, you know, deep in your inward man or your, your belly, as, as Proverb talks about it. It is the word of faith which we preach, verse 8, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now let's go real quick, and then we'll come right back to Romans, uh, to Mark 11, uh, where I just quoted 22, but we'll do uh, 23 and 24. For verily I have faith in God, verse 22. I always like to quote that because a lot of times we try to do verse 23 and 24, we're not having faith. In other words, we're not relying on God, we're just relying on ourselves. But Jesus very clearly said, if you want to see the miraculous or something beyond supernatural, have faith in God, lay hold of the very faith of God, grab hold of that kind of faith. 
For verily I say to you, whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And so, you know, we talked about before that in the King James Version of the Bible, in verse 23, he actually says, say three times and believe only once. In other words, we're talking about the power of our confession or the power of our words or the way that we speak and the power that that has over our life. And like in James where we found out that that tongue, your tongue, is so tiny compared to the rest of your body. But what you allow and what you um, speak from with that tongue will affect the entire course, not just of your body, but of your life. It'll shut down opportunities or it'll open them wide because of what you're saying. And the reason you're saying what you're saying is because what you're believing. And the reason you're believing what you're believing is because of what you're thinking. So the problem is to change your thinking. Well, the only way to change your thinking is with the word of God. You be transformed, Romans chapter eight, verse one, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Because you want to do the will of God in your life. That you may know it is the perfect, was it perfect will of God, pleasing and perfect will of God in your life. And so, Jesus, in talking about faith, said, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed. In other words, that word say is the Greek word epo, which means whosoever shall say as a command to this mountain. In other words, who's ever going to tell this mountain what to do? You got something that looks impossible or something that, you know, what happens to me sometimes, of course, you have stuff that looks impossible. Uh, and many times, you, you know, I don't know, sometimes it's great just to laugh at that. Um, but you have things that come against, and you're like, I, I, because uh, apart from Christ, like the way I would deal with stuff is I'm just a thinker, so I'll just think. And so stuff, something will be happening, and I'll start to think. I remember when I first moved out here, man, you know, we don't like glorify the work of the devil, but man, there were like a lot of attacks I had uh, more intense than I'd ever experienced, like 10 times to 100 times the intensity that I experienced before. So anyhow, um, but I remember... Even I would have like a, a tendency to just think like, now why is this happening? I didn't say anything. I just thought, now why is this happening? Well, actually, I did say something. I would say, now why is this happening? <laughs> First I thought it, and then I said it. Now why is this happening? Well, you know, what's, what's the next thing you're, you're tempted to say? Well, I won't say you. What's the next thing I'm tempted to say? My flesh is tempted to say, well, this stuff is just all falling apart. You understand what? Say what you see, not what you believe. Or, can you handle this? You're saying what you believe because that's what you're seeing. Proverbs chapter four. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. What are you seeing? 
In other words, you may feel like I believe this about the word of God, but all you're seeing is the natural. All you're seeing is the circumstance. All you're seeing is the feeling. Why? Because his word has departed from before your eyes. Because if the word is before your eyes, you see, you may, circumstances are still there. Who should I, Dave? So Dave is still there, but you know what? He's kind of clouded. I can't, I can see just parts of him because I'm kind of got my hand in front of my face because that's the main thing I'm seeing. In fact, I'm seeing him through my hand. So if you see your circumstances through the word, they take their proper place. Because, because the circumstances are still there. But the circumstances are subject to change. The word of God will never change. In fact, Psalm 119 says that the word of God has been tested and tried and found to be pure. Like, it's talking about like if you test a metal, like if you found a gold nugget, I pray you would, bless you, Lord bless you. You find a gold nugget, what you're gonna do? They're gonna heat that thing up until they can purify it and get all of the impurities out. So who shall ever shall say or command? Who shall ever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart? See, your heart again. But shall believe those things that he says. That, that word say means like you're consistently, this is what you're always saying. Uh, I'm always saying, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. You know, we bought a house in Michigan and it was a foreclosure house when we lived there and that thing needed some work. And uh, when we went to get it, man, like a week before closing, they came and they said, um, there is a problem. We cannot, it was it had a septic and a drain field. Well, we thought. <laughs> we cannot find the drain field. <laughs> we found the septic tank, but we did not find the drain field. <laughs> That's a little bit of a problem. Uh, you're getting a house, especially your house is on a hill and there's a creek down there. And so you find out that the septic tank uh, just went to a little round cinder block chamber that was like an igloo like that. And when that filled up, it would just kind of like go out over the hill. <laughs> so we had some unexpected expenses. So like my little analytical mind is like, my Lord, like where's this money going to come from and how are we going to do this? And so uh, we ended up having to put it on credit cards. We were in the middle of the whole thing and I don't like to have anything on credit card. You know, month to month I will, but not, I don't like to have any debt on credit card. So... Um, you know, we had to do some speaking. So we started speaking, and we said, uh, this house is a blessing, and it'll be blessed when we come, and we're blessed when we go. And we said that for three years. And, you know, it was on my heart to come out here and plant a church even at that time. I just didn't know the timing of it. And you know what? To make a long story short, Uh, we had to put, I think we put $40,000 into the house to fix it up, do different things. You know, we sold that for $100,000 more than what we paid just three years later before. We were blessed. 
But you know what? Like, it was like pulling teeth for me sometimes to say that because I looked at that thing and what wasn't done, and I'm like, my Lord. But it's, it's, it's the, the power of your words. Whew. All right, we'll finish up here in Romans. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Well, you know, most, most of us know that scripture, and that is like, that is a vital, well, you cannot get born again without doing that, actually. But don't read that scripture and think, I don't really need to pay attention to that because that's for those that are not born again to get born again to confess it. The, the Christianity is actually called the great confession and Jesus is the high priest of our confession and we're told to hold fast or grab on tight to our confession. What confession? That Jesus is Lord. And so when, when circumstances don't seem to uh, be lining up with the word of God, you ought to confess the lordship of Jesus in your life because Jesus is Lord. Because a part of faith, faith is now, that's where I left off in that definition, but faith, all faith goes back to the act of the resurrecting power of God. In other words, the actual event of the resurrection that in earth time was a little over 2,000 years ago, that Jesus in earth time, but he was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, from among the dead, the same power that raised him is the exact same power that recreates you when you receive Jesus Christ. But it's not just that. That same power is the same power that becomes tangible and active when you declare those words over your life, like, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Like, let's get more specific. When Jesus went to the cross, stripes were laid on him. And stripes were, okay, so I'll tell you this. So just yesterday, my daughter who sits right here a lot of time, and she's like, you know, she's a worshiper, wonderful blessing. And so my daughter yesterday was like bouncing around happy in the hallway, and my, one of my sons had left something on the floor, and we have a hardwood floor, so she like hit that sock or whatever it was and just, whoo, boom. She was in my room talking to me, and she walked out. All of a sudden I hear, ah! And I was like, Evie, what's going on? And she's like, I feel like I can't, I can't move. I can't really move. Melody's like, it's her tailbone. Like something happened to her tailbone. And so, you know, uh, I'm studying for the message and stuff. And so I said, um, okay, I said, come, let's pray. Well, you cannot separate walking by faith from being led by the spirit of God. Why? Because faith is not in a book. Faith is in the person. Your faith is, is a relationship with God himself. And he wants to guide you and direct you every step of the way. Spirit of man's the candle of the Lord. Uh, spirit bears witness with your spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, so I come over and say, I'll pray for you. Well, you know, like, I've been to the faith school and traveled with a faith preacher and everything like that. So, you know, your flesh sometimes wants to like, well, let's just speak to this thing, you know. But you know, that's not faith. 
Because faith is totally relying upon God all the time. And faith is always now. So I looked to the Lord. So actually, I saw it, and she was like distraught. And she was like, ah, I don't want to do I don't want to do ah. And so rose up in my spirit, just an inward witness. I said, ask her what her favorite worship song is. So I said, Evie, what's your favorite worship song? And she said, because at the same time that that rose up, that question uh, rose up, um, she needs to look to me and forget about all the problem. Right? So we all have to do in order to receive. Like, that's what we said a few weeks ago. Like, you can't separate faith from being led by the Spirit, but you cannot pray the prayer of faith and you cannot live by faith without praying the prayer of casting your cares on the Lord. In other words, if you're carrying them, you're not, by definition, you're not actually looking to the Lord. And that, that big dictionary that I keep quoting actually said like it's removing all self-confidence and anxiety, turning away from all of that and turning to Christ. So if you're acting in faith, you're not worried. So if you're worried, that doesn't mean like, oh, it's adorable. No, it just means like, okay, worry tries to come on all of us. Don't let it remain. Like you can't stop a bird from flying overhead, but you can stop it from building a nest. And so... So she said, oh, I love that song, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace. So I said, okay, let's sing it. So we sang in my bedroom there, Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace, coming down from the Father above. Wash over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. So we sang it maybe like two or three times. And all of a sudden, she got untense, and she calmed down. Well, why? Well, now I can actually minister to her. Because before, she's in fear, because she was in such pain. She couldn't bend over. So I said, uh, okay, Evie. I said, I'm going to pray. I said, but before I pray, I said, do you believe that Jesus is Lord? And that God raised him from the dead? She says, of course, Daddy. You know that. I said, so you believe that? Yeah. And I said, you know what? When God raised him from the dead, the same power that he raised him from the dead with, this pain in your back actually was put on Jesus by the stripes. And I said, when that happened, then Jesus didn't just keep it. He actually lifted it off of you and he defeated it. And I said, because you believe that he rose from the dead, that power that rose him from the dead, that's the same power that when we speak to your back is actually going to heal your back because it's already been accomplished by Jesus. In other words, the whole key to the whole thing is believing in the resur- believing the death, burial, and the resurrection power of Jesus and speaking it. Because until you speak it, it's not going to be there. So uh, we quoted Young E. Cho last week. He was with, uh, in Korea, you know, with a neurosurgeon, lead neurosurgeon, and said, you know, like, oh, we've made a new discovery, you know. And this new discovery is we have found that the speech center of the brain controls every nerve in the body. So much so that what you say before you go into surgery, we found, is actually what happens after surgery. And that if, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And I don't have time to go into all that. And so he said all that. Well, you know, while he's learning about this, then he said, he said, when I first started preaching, he said, I saw, I'd be preaching, all of a sudden I'd see this little mini vision 
of people getting up, crippled people getting up and walking. And I'd see deaf people start to hear. And he said, at that time in Korea, way back, I think it was in the 50s, nobody was ministering like that. Nobody knew anything, so he thought it's from the devil. So he's rebuking. He's like, I rebuke this spirit. You know, it's interrupting me while I'm preaching. <laughs> so he's rebuking the spirit. So finally, he got annoyed with it. He saw it set out to seek the Lord, and he sought the Lord, and the Lord said, well, that's my spirit. <laughs> and I'm trying to um, heal people. But I cannot heal people if you will not speak what my spirit is showing you. Because those words have to be sent out. And when those words come out, then the manifestation can happen. So he actually kind of apprehensively did it. He didn't want to start with those, uh, what we would consider massive miracles. He just started with like little headaches and stuff. And then it worked. And he did it again. So he would just say what the Spirit of God showed him. Do you know, in Genesis chapter 1, that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Remember that verse? I think it's verse 2. One translation said, like, over the chaos. Well, he's just there hovering. And so many times in our lives, the Holy Spirit's just hovering over the chaos. He's in us. He's with us. He's upon us. He's hovering, and he's, like, giving us things and showing us things. He's waiting for us to speak. Because what happened in verse 3? God said. Nothing happens unless you speak. So you have to speak. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can know him this morning if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. There is life that doesn't have regrets. There is life that doesn't, doesn't uh, condemn you. There is life that actually, no matter what circumstance you're in, that that circumstance doesn't have to dominate you and doesn't have to direct what you're going to do and what you're not going to do, that you can be free. You can be totally free. Where the Spirit of God is, there is total freedom and total liberty. If you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed and you don't know Jesus as Lord, I want to invite you this morning to receive him. Just slip up your hand and, and I'll pray with you and pray for you. It's not my prayer that does it, but it's your faith and your speaking. If you're here this morning, you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. There is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in which you receive power from on high. And if you've never been baptized in the Spirit, you'd like to be, just slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and for you. Finally, if you're here this morning and you were walking with the Lord, but you let other th things come into your life and, and just crowd out uh, the lordship of Jesus and you've just been living for yourself, you're not even living for Jesus any longer, and you'd like to come back to the Lord. You'd like to come back and get right with God. And I want you to slip up your hand and we'll pray with you and pray for you. Hallelujah. I didn't tell you the rest of that story. And so the final part of that story is, then uh, I said, well, we just command your back to come in line with the word of God. Life and health and the quickening power of the Holy Spirit quickening your body right now in the name of Jesus. 
And then I said to her, I said, okay, now, Evie, I said, I want you to bend over. I didn't say I want you to try to bend over. You know, your flesh wants to say that. But I said, Evie, I want you to bend over. You know what happened? She was standing here. She bent over to there. And I said, is there any pain? She said, no. And I said, okay. Uh, but she tried to go a little further. She felt something. I said, okay, now stand back up. And I said, now go a little further. She went a little further. No pain for that far. I said, okay, we'll just keep doing that until you can go all the way. So she did. You know what? I just, that's what I called her over before at the end of worship. So Evie, I said, do you feel any pain in your back? She said, no, daddy. And she didn't feel any yesterday either. Completely healed. So I told her, I said, Evie, I said, you know, the minute that we prayed, Jesus healed you. I said, the word of God shows us sometimes people are instantly completely healed. But when, when Jesus is on the scene, you're either instantly healed or you begin to amend. And I said, so what happened to you is you begin to amend. And as you acted out your faith, completeness, wholeness, the reality. And that's the resurrection life. So if you're here this morning and you have pain in your body and you want us to uh, pray with you, agree with you, lay hands on you, the resurrection power of Christ will flow and manifest in your body. And I want to invite you uh, to come up here and we'll pray with you and for you. As, uh, and, but before we do that, I'm going to pray and um, you can be dismissed. And if you'd like prayer for that or for anything else, uh, just feel free to come forward. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Oh, thank you that you sent us your words, that your words, that we could have life through your word. Father, your words are life to us, and they're a light to our path. I pray for each and every one that's here and that's listening this morning, or whenever they're listening, Father. I pray, Father, that your word would be an ever-present light in our life, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you and in knowing your word. In Jesus' name, amen.